0: This episode of Homeschooling in Real Life is brought to you by the great state of Indiana. This is Homeschooling in Real Life.
1: Welcome to the Homeschooling in Real Life podcast. Join your host, as they dive into difficult topics that you might not find covered at your local homeschooling convention. Veteran homeschooling parents Andy and Kendra Fletcher use humor, honesty, and grace to discuss just what it looks like to homeschool in real life.
0: Hey, this is Fletch. And this is Kendra. We want to welcome you to episode 101 of the Homeschooling in Real Life podcast podcast. I don't even know what the title is. Is it Alaska?
2: <laughs> Homeschooling in Alaska. Homeschooling in
0: Alaska. In Alaska. I'm
2: sorry. But my favorite uh, comedy movie is The Proposal. And there is a very funny line where he fi- she finds out he lives in Alaska and she's Alaska. Alaska.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so I'm sorry, we're a little off <laughs> because, <laughs> and you might hear some noise in the background because we are on the floor of the Indiana Area Home Educators. We are homeschooling conference and we're in our booth we have a cool we'll put up a picture let's put well yeah we'll put up a picture of us with our booth yeah very cool so um hey we're in indiana i have something to say i survived a tornado
2: (laughs) what's your definition of survived because it sounds like you were in the eye of it i am here
0: (laughs) okay that is the definition of survival there was a tornado in indiana which is like it's not Kansas, but it's the, like, the it's second home of yeah. tornadoes. Okay. And it was five miles away, and I survived it. I'm here. I'm totally fine. However. Yes.
2: There was also, oddly, a tornado... Right next to our town yesterday. Yeah,
0: so we didn't actually have to leave <laughs> California to actually experience a tornado.
2: <laughs> Which is extremely odd.
0: So, yeah, so uh, that was cool. And then the second thing, I drove on a racetrack in Indianapolis. Okay. I've been now, here 19 hours. You
2: need to qualify that. No,
0: I drove on a racetrack okay, in Indianapolis. Right. They can think whatever okay, they want. Okay. It happened to be the Indiana State Fairgrounds <laughs> racetrack. But when you say, hey, I was on the racetrack in Indianapolis, people go, super cool. Yeah. yeah I was okay, in a minivan. Right. I was in a Honda Odyssey minivan. yeah. yeah. <laughs> So it wasn't
2: See, quite like the, same. the homeschool family version yeah. of and being uh, on a racetrack. Yeah, yes. so
0: this we want to awesome. do a shout out really quick to our hosts, um, Jeremiah and Amanda. Woo-hoo, I hope out. they listen and to all this their episodes. kids and all their kids. Those
2: great boys that we got hey to ride
0: in their seats in the back of their van. That's
2: right. Uh, it was they, clean. Yeah, they. I, are. I'm impressed.
0: They are our um, conference shepherds. They shepherd us everywhere oh, we wow. go. It's fantastic. It is. So shout out to them. And then uh, I also want to do a shout out to our. Uh, Listener who wrote in, uh, this is from Alicia in the Happy Hills of Tennessee, Woo-hoo. and it really made my day. It was, a, it was an email that came in, and this is what she said. Um, uh, she loves listening to this, and then she said, I, I really love when Fletch was talking about, uh, you were talking about Circle Time, and Fletch is like, What's that thing you do? You know, <laughs> like, oh, that's right. Like, she's like, This is what Kendra's known for, and her <laughs> husband's like, what is what that is thing? It? What's it what called? <laughs> circle something? So we're going to do an episode on circle time coming up. We are. Yeah, yeah. I don't know what number it is, but it's, it's coming funny. down the It's funny.
2: I'm, I'm actually glad she brought that up because we have never even thought of doing an episode on that. But essentially, if you don't know what circle time is, it's just a way to gather all of your kids, no matter their ages and genders and you know whatever it is they're doing in, in your homeschool. And doing a lot of stuff
0: together. So we're going to do an entire episode on it. Now, we are moving on out of Indiana. We're going to Alaska. The uh, Is this like the final frontier? Is it called the final frontier or is that space? No, I
2: think that's Mars.
0: Yeah, so, <laughs> all right. So we're heading to Alaska with the Hulans, Yes. Uh, in this conversation. This is one of those interviews that surprised me. 'Cause this couple knocks it out of the park. They're really good on mic, they're really natural. Some people are like deathly afraid, yep. as we found at this convention. Yeah. No one wants to <laughs> we can't get no anybody one wants on to come mic. to the booth because they're like, Oh my goodness, yeah, there's yeah. microphones. <laughs> so um anyhow that uh the, they knocked it out of the park. Great discussion. So let's go to that interview. We are super excited to be uh, on a great interview by way of Skype, Kendra, with the Hewlins. And uh, these are are a fun interview because they're not just homeschoolers, but we know them IRL in real life. At least I do because I get to look at their faces upside down in the dental chair uh, (laughs) a couple times a year. So uh, welcome, Corey and Jessica. Would you do us a favor and introduce yourselves? And this is always fun because of the four microphones. Nobody knows who to go first. (laughs)
3: Uh, Yeah, sure, I'll introduce myself. Uh, My name is Corey Hewlin, um, and um, I pretend to be the uh, man of the household. Um, Yep, that's me.
1: Okay, and I'm Jessica Hewlin. I'm the wife and mom of four children ages uh 10 8 6 and 4 until our next round of birthdays. And we homeschool our kids and we live in the Central Valley. And uh, so that's who we
0: are. And how long have you guys been homeschooling?
1: Uh we've been home- homeschooling since our oldest was in kindergarten.
0: Awesome. Okay. So yeah. that and he's 10 now? Yeah, or? he's
2: in he's in 5th
0: grade. 5th grade. Okay.
2: So tell us how you two decided you were going to take all these little kids and put them in a trailer <laughs> or or a motorhome or however you did that. Tell us about the logistics of deciding to do that and then taking off for Alaska.
3: Yeah, I could, I could start kind of where the idea came from. We were up in Canada more than 10 years ago, before the kids were born, um, just on vacation, and uh, we met a couple coming, driving back from Alaska – and at the time, we were like, that's crazy. Like, who drives to Alaska? <laughs> um, and so for us, ever since then, like more than 10 years ago, we've been kind of joking about it, talking about it. And uh, and then it kind of became a thing for a while where we were just, like I said, more joking about it. But uh, a couple years ago, two, I think we attempted to do it two years ago, two summers ago. And uh, the timing didn't quite work out. Work for me didn't quite work out. And so we were kind of really disappointed that we couldn't make it work. Um, and then we had an opportunity to do it last summer. Um, and we just kind of, you know, jumped on it and, and went after it. And so it, it was a, yeah, it was a fun, crazy trip, but uh, it's kind of how it came about at least.
0: So it was the summer of 2015, right? That's right. Yeah. So what technically did you do? I mean, you, you're, you're in the Central Valley of California. So technically, what did you do?
1: So technically we um, loaded up our 25 foot travel trailer and our truck and we loaded up our kids and we left on May 15th and drove up through California, Oregon, and Washington. We crossed the border at uh, Bellingham, Washington, and then drove all the way through British Columbia up to the start of the Alaska highway and then drove all the way up the Alaska highway into Alaska. And spent the entire summer traveling throughout the state of Alaska. Um, and we would we would stay in one town for a while and visit and, and stay until we felt like we were ready to move on to another location. We kind of did that until we got down to the Kenai Peninsula. And then we stayed for a month to fish the sockeye salmon run. And then we sort of packed up and headed back home. And so... We drove eleven thousand miles and made it back to California, back to our house, exactly three months later on August fifteenth. So.
0: Wow! Now, Kendra, before we got on the on the interview, Kendra said this is my dream, and you just said a twenty-five foot trailer, and there's six of you. So I did the math; that's um, four feet each. And I'm gonna say this online, Kendra: this is not what you want to do.
3: You you
0: want to go on vacation? Freedom. Yeah, right, exactly. you want freedom. <laughs> So I have the uh eighty fourth it's become our new eighty four thousand dollar question that's when we use every episode instead of the sixty four um, Corey, how can you do this don't you work? Oh, my goodness <laughs> sakes alive if yeah, i did if this I i'd do. have i'd have dental patients all over you know the valley complaining
3: I, I pretend i pretend to work but yeah no i mean I'm very fortunate in the job that i do um, it's it's software so i'm a, i'm a, a cTO of a company um, but i'm It's a small company, and so I'm I'm more like a a lead software engineer at this point. And so I basically just have to have a good internet connection. Um, There's a little prearrangement with work because there were certain times where I'd be out of cell service, like driving through – not necessarily out of cell service, but Canada has very restrictive data plans that are very expensive. So um, we had service there, but not great service. Um, But surprisingly, through much of Alaska, you can get – all I needed was a cell service for my MiFi device. Um, And surprisingly, through much of Alaska – um, at least the places we would stay at, you can get really good cell service. And, and, um, and I would get really good at piggybacking or um, finding free Wi-Fi spots to work from. But uh, I was I honestly quite shocked at how well the the connection and Internet was uh, from Alaska. So for me to do my job, all I really need is, uh, is the Internet connection. So,
0: Man, that's awesome.
2: So as homeschoolers, we know that people often think we're already – off our rockers. (laughs) So (laughs) I'm pretty sure, well, maybe not. Maybe you have the most supportive family and friends in the world. Did you have people who said, you guys are nuts. What are you doing?
1: Yeah, pretty much all all the time. (laughs) (laughs) Throughout the summer, even while we were gone. I mean, once we were on the road, there were like, you know, RVing grandparents that would say, oh, good for you guys for bringing your kids out here and doing this. But leading up to it, we honestly felt like it was really an opportunity that was God given to us to be able to do this. It was just the, all of the doors were open and we knew it was perfect timing, but there were people after people after people that were like, why would you do that? That is so crazy. And all we could say is like, you know, when you have that desire in your heart to do something like that, it's, it's unique to an individual. Sure. And so everybody is not going to feel compelled to load up their four little kids in a truck and drive all the way to Alaska. But we were, and it was totally worthwhile. So for the people that thought that we were crazy, you know, people are going to, just like you guys know, people are going to think you're crazy for homeschooling. Yeah. People are going to think you're crazy for doing lots of different things. And you just have to, you know, know that you're not living to please other people. So
0: well, we are talking a little bit about the um, the homeschooling part of this, but there was some tight quarters. There were some uh, you know being with each other all the time, and as homeschoolers, we do that already. Uh, and we've done this uh, this is this a, a series? I think it's called a series. Yeah, we've done homeschooling in New York City, and in a couple weeks, we're going to be interviewing some some old high school friends on homeschooling in Hawaii. And so we're calling this homeschooling in Alaska, but really this this kind of doubles also as uh homeschooling on the road. And so, uh can you share with our listeners what was cuz it's obviously there had to be hard parts. So, what were the hard parts of doing what you did?
3: It's one of those things like and maybe it's hindsight or whatever, you're not there at the time, but for me like none of it was really that hard. Like you're living in 200 square feet with six people, but like you don't you forget all your material possessions at home and you get out there and you realize like I don't need any of this stuff in my house, right? And and you know you're living out of a rv that has you know was it six cubic feet of refrigerator space (laughs) so that that in of itself is like super hard but i don't i mean i think there was tight quarters but i don't know if there was a time where we were really at each other's throats because like you said we're homeschoolers already so like i see the kids every day or i'm with them every day jessica's with them every day we're together every day so we already kind of gotten cross that threshold of like being together 24. four seven it's a little <laughs> worse than a camper, I guess. But, uh, I would say, to be honest, the driving was the worst part. Having everyone stuck in a crew cab uh, pickup mm-hmm. um, yeah, was the actually the harder part.
1: <laughs> I would totally agree with Corey. I think that was definitely the hardest part because we had a person riding in between us in the front seat of the truck for <laughs> <laughs> the whole 11,000 miles uh and so yeah, that was definitely like by the end of the drive everybody needed their personal space. But once we got to wherever we were going, we would set up a like an outdoor kitchen so we would do a lot of cooking outside and you know, we were camping for all but about what three weeks of the summer and where we rented an Airbnb place. Um and so the kids would play outside for most of the time. So really we were only, you know, sleeping and inside when it was really rainy. So then they had the entire, you know wherever we were to be outside and play. And, and it wasn't like we were just cooped up inside for the, you know, that whole time.
0: So the homeschooling part, was there anything difficult about that? I mean, we're, we're always kind of homeschooling out of a kitchen or out of, you know, we we have a, the luxury of having a school room in our house, but was there anything about the homeschooling part that's like, man, this was really hard or no, was that actually the same?
1: Um, I think, just like finding our groove as far as timing goes and especially, you know, when you're out in a new location and you really want to be going out to see new things, you know, you just have to get your schedule down. And, um, so finding our schedule as we, you know, as we moved throughout the summer, um, one of the other things was that in Alaska in the summer, it's really light pretty much all the time. You may get like two or three hours of darkness. And so our our normal like body clocks were totally different because we wouldn't Mm -hmm. go to bed until we wouldn't even eat dinner until like nine. And then we wouldn't go to bed until like 11 or 1130, even the kids. And then we wouldn't get up until super late in the morning pretty frequently. And so just just finding that natural rhythm and and trying to kind of maintain our focus when it was time to do school if we really wanted to be out doing something else, I think was probably one of the biggest challenges. And then in a little tiny camper space, trying to like minimize the amount of stuff that we were packing, but still be able to pack all of the curriculum that I needed. Because unfortunately in this digital age, I still am like that old school. We still have lots of you know, hard copy books that I feel the need to drag everywhere. So yeah,
3: for me, that was the, one of the harder points. So she must have took like a hundred pounds of books, and then trying to store that in a twenty five foot travel trailer and get it out of the way and move it, and you set up camp here and you got to take it out. And it was just, it was a large tonnage of books everywhere or papers and
0: stuff <laughs> late nights and late mornings kendra maybe alaska is for you
3: yeah <laughs> <laughs> which actually that is really weird i mean i'm a i'm one of the people i'm a night owl. i could stay up all night and sleep in but the rest of my family really isn't which is really funny and so but they all turned into these like stay up late get up late kind of people which was great for me
0: <laughs> wow yeah
2: so in all of this adventure that you guys had over the summertime up in Alaska. Tell us what the highlights were for you.
3: I think for me, the highlights were like a couple of different things. It was always just a lifelong goal to visit Alaska and to do it by driving was super amazing. Um, I love to fish. I love the outdoors. And so that, you know, you know, Alaska is just one of those places And we spent, what, almost a month on the Kenai, the Kenai river itself. Um, and so just that experience was amazing. I think one of the things that I feel very blessed about is just spending all that time with my family and not actually like, I wasn't like, you know, let's go home. This is crazy. I was, uh, I was super excited to be there and do it. Um, and then the realization that like, you know, there's all this, you know, junk back home in our house that, that we just, I didn't need, I didn't miss, you know, mm. none of it. Um, Um, I mean, the kids probably had a little hard time with missing their toys or their Xboxes and stuff. But even they, I think, if you ask them, they would say they missed it. But if you look at their actions while they were out there on the road, like they didn't miss it one bit. Like they had a blast. And so, just all that quality time together, where we weren't plugged, and it's hard for me as a person who's plugged in all the time, where you're not necessarily plugged in all the time, um, um, and online all the time. Um, Just that quality time with the family was. That to me was the priceless piece of it.
2: And I think for
1: me, it's hard. Oh gosh, there's so many best things about it. I think one of the first things that comes to mind is that before we left, our kids were really reluctant to leave for the whole summer because they were missing out on camp with their youth group. They were missing out on, we celebrated two of their birthdays while we were on the road. And so they were sort of used to their, you know, normal routine. And they were, they were feeling really reluctant about having this adventure And we shed lots of, well, not me, but them. They shed a lot of tears about it. Like, why do we have to do this for the whole summer? And (laughs) I don't really want to go. And to watch them grow and experience all of the things that they got to experience and to really embrace the adventure of it. And and they love Alaska. They are begging us to go back. And they're talking about, well, what adventure are we going to take next? And where else would I like to go? And um it's it's changed them they they've embraced that um that spirit of adventure and i'm so so grateful that we kind of forced them <laughs> and we didn't listen to them and say oh okay we'll stay home you know i i'm i think that was probably the best thing is watching their personal growth and how they they changed throughout the experience
2: so this has been such a great experience for your family are you guys planning to do something similar
1: Well, we, we did spend a month. We decided that we really enjoyed traveling and we had wanted to see Florida and sort of the Gulf coast. And so we left right after Christmas and we spent a month traveling sort of the other end of the country. We drove, um, all the way out through Texas and, um, Mississippi and Alabama, and then drove out to Florida. And so we, we did have another adventure. We drove all the way over to the Atlantic side of Florida and, um, And so we got to do that for, for a month and we, we're not sure. We're sort of thinking about, well, what other kinds of adventures would we like to have? And Alaska sort of has a special place in our heart now. So we're thinking, well, maybe we might want to go back to Alaska. So,
0: well, I, um, as soon as you use the word adventure, you got my ears because I love to give our kids a spirit of adventure and it's okay. You can do, that however you want to you can adventure through books you can adventure through movies but i love real life adventures so um i i'm sure you guys have room for me and i could just sit maybe in between the two of you and guarantee good dental health on the trip i think that'd be awesome Um, i think
3: that'd be that and sharing the drive time would be awesome see that alone (laughs) there you go
0: so i have a question for each of you it's a quick one um because i think when people think alaska they have images in their mind. So what misconception about Alaska was broken or changed for you, Corey?
3: I was super fearful of the dreaded Alaskan highway. And the reality is it's it's a very nice highway. Yes, it is remote, but it's a very nice highway. And I never felt once felt unsafe. Oh, we're gonna break down, or we're gonna run out of gas. Um And so for me, that was a big, like, that was a huge fear. And like, before we left, there was another huge fear coming home, which is like, we're going to get trapped in the snow, even though we left really early. Um, And so, you know, just those kind of like, I think, crazy stereotypes, misconceptions for me were the two big ones about Alaska.
0: And Jess, what about you?
1: Well, I guess I was worried that, you know, every time you watch a show about Alaska, you see everybody that uses outhouses, (laughs) has no running water, (laughs) And listen, like, I can go a long time without a shower. I'm not afraid to get dirty. But I thought, you know, having to go three months using an outhouse, that would be a really long time. So we were pleasantly surprised to find out that it was really isn't that bad. There are lots of places that have running water. And in fact, uh, we only we went one place for a sled dog experience. And that was sort of off the grid. And we we saw our first and only true, um, you know, Alaska outhouse, so <laughs> <laughs> so I was pleasantly surprised about that. It's a it's a very modern state with lots of beautiful wilderness spread in between. So,
2: all right. So another family comes to you and says, "We want to set out on an adventure like this." What do you tell people who think that they want to pile kids into a, a trailer and get on the road?
1: Yes, do it.
3: Do it now. <laughs> Don't worry about all the planning and the headache. I mean, I think we're like everybody. Like we like, you know, you do all this research, you know, you like you buy all this gear, you really need this stuff. Or, and you don't, you don't need any of that. You just pile your kids in a car and go. And it like, like we were very fortunate. And yeah, we did a lot of touristy things. But like, like the reality is, is like you can do a lot of these trips for not a ton of money. Yes, it takes time. But but you don't like because we're camping like it's not that expensive. Um, um, And so for me, that was like, you know, one of the things that's interesting is like people like, oh, you must be super rich to do it. And and that's not true, like not true at all. Um, When you look at the cost breakdown of it, it's not. Yes, it is a little bit more expensive, but it's not like it's outrageously expensive. And then making commitments in your life to wanting to do it. Like for us, it wasn't just a we woke up one day and went like we made like we intentionally, I mean, because I'm sure every homeschool family talks about it, or at least we do, like, you know, should we put our kids back at normal school? I oh, don't know. We love homeschooling. And uh, and Jessica does a really great job at educating our kids. But it's, it's a decision we make because we want to have these adventures. And same thing, like, we meet with jobs. Like, we made job arrangements or did things years out so we could be in this position. Um, and so I think that's a function of it is just a little bit of that pre-planning, but then to be honest is just if you have the, the, the time really, um, which I think everyone can, you know, you can always schedule. it doesn't have to be a three month trip. It could be a three week trip. Um, but, and then the, really the, the, for me, the last piece of advice is really just do it. Like, like you don't need all this pre-planning, you know, at the very least, just go have the adventure.
1: You know, if you're feeling that desire to go out and have an adventure with your family like this, you know, even on a, on a smaller scale, then go do it. Like, you can make a lot of excuses about, you know, why it's not a good idea or, or
3: yeah, whatever. I can't but, get the time off work. I don't have the money. And- but
1: don't be afraid. And there are, you know, don't be afraid, I guess. That's the bottom line. And it's, it's totally worthwhile. So, All
0: right. So if we're going to have listeners that are like, this is awesome. You know, actually what happens, we have homeschool moms who listen to the show. And then they go and grab their husbands and they go, look, see, there's other people doing this. We can do this. So if people want to maybe see your adventure, hear more about you guys, or even um, hire you as consultants to say, we're ready to do this. We have a few questions. Is there a place online where they can reach you or find you?
1: Um, well, we have a blog. It's called hooligans.com uh, And um, it follows most of our journey through the summer last year. Um, and so, so that you can go see some pictures of our journey and our travels and, and sort of experience a little bit more of what we did.
0: Okay. uh, We'll we'll put that in the, we'll put that in the show notes. Can they comment on there as well? Yeah, for sure. Good. Um, Kenj. Yes. Final, final thoughts. That was awesome. I, I love this interview. My
2: final thoughts are, I'm sitting here thinking, I really hope my husband goes, we've got to do this. And we're just <laughs> going to take the time off because I I, I can take the time off, but the dental guy over here has a hard time walking away from patients for a couple of weeks. So I'm kind of thinking, maybe we could <laughs> actually pull this off.
0: Well, we want to thank you guys for uh, being on the show and for sharing your adventure. The, what our listeners need to know is if you don't have a travel trailer, and if um, you don't think uh, you can live in cramped spaces like this, the Hulans actually on their um, Gulf Coast trip uh, did something slightly different. They did an Airbnb trip. Is that right?
1: That's correct. Yeah, we decided, well, hey, let's try something different. Let's just go and stay only in Airbnb places. An Airbnb or a VRBO, which is vacation rental by owner, both really great websites that you can go to, to rent people's homes or apartments, or gosh, there's pretty much any kind of sleeping situation that you can imagine. And some of them are really reasonable. You know, you can pretty much find whatever you're looking for within your budget. You don't, I mean, I guess the biggest thing that I could say, like another kind of piece of advice that goes along with that is airfare is super expensive. So don't be afraid to drive somewhere. You know, I think people get intimidated by putting their kids in a car like, oh, we have to drive five hours. And it sort of makes me giggle because, you know, (laughs) kids will do fine. Like, you know, you just play some car games, they'll entertain themselves, pack some audio books and kids will do great. So don't be afraid to drive. And so that's what we did. We just, we just drove and, and stayed in Airbnbs when we went to the Gulf Coast.
3: And I don't know if it's just my own, like, personality, but, like, I dread flying with my kids, (laughs) but if you put me in a car for 24 hours driving, like, it doesn't bother me for some reason. So I I don't know if that's just me personally or what, but, like, to me, it's always easier to, like, let's hop in the car and drive somewhere versus, like, let's hop on a plane and do it.
0: Awesome. That is awesome. So, you know, listeners, again, great family, great adventure, and a lot of different ways to uh, skin the proverbial cat. Is that it? Skin a cat? yeah man who skins cats anymore that's a horrible (laughs) that's a horrible reference um we want to thank you for being on homeschooling in real life we want to thank you guys for living a life of adventure and then sharing it with all of us and uh god bless you as you homeschool your family and um hey i will see you at your next checkup
1: (laughs) i'm looking forward to
0: it (laughs) when it's springtime in alaska it's 40 below All right, so who's excited to go to Alaska? Kendra is.
2: I am excited to go to Alaska. You just don't want to do it in the camper. You will drive. What would you You, say? You don't don't want to do it it in the camper with... Six kids. Well, we did a a trip up the California coast one week. It was just a week. Yeah. (laughs) In a camper. And I remember our fifth child was a baby, and she slept in a Rubbermaid container. And actually, it was a great week. We had a lot of fun. A lot of good memories from that trip.
0: So we want to thank the Hulans for being on. It was awesome to talk to them. And uh, you can find them. We'll put all the links to their blog, and you can find out all about them uh, just by linking over. Super cool family. Super cool couple. All right, so next episode, Kendra, uh, is what?
2: We are going to be talking about homeschooling your struggling learner. So if you have a kid who's a late reader or doesn't seem to be catching on to things or... Maybe you're, you're really seeing something that's troubling to you and, and, you know, some sort of a learning handicap. We're going to talk about that and how to get help.
0: So that is a very real topic. That's one that you can see at conferences. People yes. will talk about that, but we're going to maybe talk about some of the darker angles, maybe some of the parts people don't want to talk about. Sure. All right. So if you want to reach us before now and then, all the ways you know, facebook.com slash homeschooling tweet to us at homeschool IRL, email us info at homeschooling uh, you can follow us personally on Twitter, Kendra.
2: At Kendra E. Fletcher.
0: And I am at The Mango Times. And, of course, our uh, our favorite uh, studio dog, who's not with us in Indiana. No.
2: At probably Betty the Surf Dog. Uh,
0: she's building up quite a following. A bigger following than I am.
2: Hey, you know what I saw on the convention floor here? What? A bunny.
0: Oh, you know what its name is? Yes. Elvis. Velvet Elvis. Oh, Velvet Elvis. Yes,
2: it was very cool. (laughs) Isn't that great? I love it. That's
0: funny. So, hey, thanks for tuning in to this episode of Homeschooling in Real Life. We will talk to you next week.
1: You've been listening to the Homeschooling in Real Life podcast. Everything on this podcast was written and produced by Andy and Kendra Fletcher. For more information, or if you'd like to contact your hosts please visit them on homeschoolingirl.com.